Hi, and welcome to Psychic Today, where we connect the world with the otherworldly. I'm your host, Jill Roberts, and we're going to have a great show today. Since we're well into October, I'd like to discuss the different celebrations of Samhain, the pagan holiday, also known as Halloween. It's the final spoke in the wheel of the year. And at this time, the harvest has finished and the veil between the worlds is at its thinnest. And there are many different celebrations of this time of year, whether it's the pagan holiday of Samhain or the Christian holiday of All Souls and All Saints Day, or in Mexico, they celebrate Dia de los Muertos is Day of the Dead. They're all very similar. And what I'd like to talk about is what these celebrations are. And then I'm going to discuss how you can connect with your loved ones, your ancestors who have crossed over. Because from now until about the middle of November, This is when the veil is at its thinnest and it makes communication so much easier between you and your loved ones. As an evidential medium and a a crystal healing practitioner amongst being a shaman and other things, um, this time of year can be either very joyous or it could be, you know, a little sad because you're dedicating this time to loved ones who are no longer in the physical. But that doesn't mean that we can't keep in touch and it doesn't mean that we can't communicate with them. You know, everybody can be a medium. Everybody has psychic gifts, whether they're dormant or you have them and you don't know how to control them or develop them. It's a time of year where you can utilize the gifts that you have that you probably don't even realize that you do have. So I have some tips and tricks of for Halloween trick-or-treat to help you connect with your loved ones. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with the celebrations of this holiday season. This is Jill Roberts from Psychic Today, and I have some exciting news. I've created a website based on you, the audience. So only you guys will be able to access this information. So it's based on the show because we're going through this journey together. And I thought it was important to have the space for you if you had any comments or questions or you're interested in any services or just wanted to, you know, voice your opinions. So the website is Psychic Today with JillRoberts.com. Again, it's the name of the show.com. Psychic Today with JillRoberts.com.
You can leave any questions or comments. You can email them at jill at psychictodaywithjillroberts.com. Again, that's jill at the name of the show, psychictodaywithjillroberts.com. And if you're interested in any of my services or courses, you can text or call at 917-336-0054. Again, that's 917-336-0054. And if you're calling from outside the U.S., you use the country code 1 and then the number 917-336-0054. There is also a Facebook group, just for this audience, called Crystalline Exploration. So just check it out. Uh, you can search it on, in Facebook, find it, and request to be a part of the group. And there we'll talk about everything. Everything that I go over in this show, any, especially the Crystalline Exploration, where we're talking about different types of minerals and gemstones and stones that are not too common. I try and keep, and I'm always searching for new and exciting stones that can do amazing things both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So I hope you enjoy the content on the website. Again, that's Psychic Today with JillRoberts.com. And I really can't wait to hear from you. Welcome back. So many pagans celebrate modern Samhain on October 31st, which is the same day as Halloween. Some, however, prefer to perform their observance on the full moon closest to the Sabbath date. Other consult almanacs to determine the official astrological cross-quarter day. Often it is a quiet, solemn occasion in private pagan households. Many see it as the most important ritual of the year. Families with small children will often negotiate a compromise to let their children enjoy the costume, pageantry, and candy, while also honoring their own traditions. While Halloween has become almost entirely secular, Samhain has remained and retained much of its spiritual flavor. It's a day to honor the dead and to think about death along with other things that we may fear. It's a time to meditate and reflect, and people still perform divinations, enjoy feasts, and sometimes light bonfires during this holiday. While All Souls Day has changed character over the centuries, the pagan Samhain actually aligns with the Christian holiday in terms of spiritual intent. So for those who live in towns or cities um, who partake in Samhain, um, they let their children go trick-or-treating. You know, every year during the hours set by the municipality, parents or other siblings can take costume youngsters door-to-door -to, -door to ask for candy. In return, the neighbors distributing the candy can get their very own costume pageant delivered to their door. 
Along with this tradition comes a tradition many people do not enjoy, one of night mischief and vandalism. While most of the time vandals stick to smashing jack-o'-lanterns and throwing toilet paper in trees, some do more damage than that. This goes back to old Irish traditions where mischief makers would pull tricks and pickets off fences, take doors off hinges, and even break windows. These practices were closely associated with threshold magic. Not that it's made the tradition any less frustrating for the person stuck repairing this mess the next day. So people in the country celebrate Samhain or Halloween, um, often partake in slightly different traditions. In some areas, houses are too sparse for trick-or-treating to be practical, practical for families with children. Often, in those situations, community members gather in public schools or community buildings and host a communal Halloween party. Um, sometimes it'll be like a Halloween carnival. Um, with my daughter at her school, um, there's a Halloween carnival. She goes to a Catholic school, and they still partake in, even though we, we live in the city, um, they still partake in doing this Halloween um, carnival every year and it's loads of fun and and the kids just absolutely love it so you know along with treats you know in rural areas children get to play games such as apple bobbing or balloon darts and adults and teenagers can enjoy a scary movie in a different room if a community is so sparse that this is impossible pagans often turn their focus towards the family practices that they themselves have established for the season so uh, unlike the old ways, in modern times here, you know, things can be changed up a bit. You know, it doesn't have to be um, what Celts and um, other pagans uh, practice, you know, hundreds of years ago. But getting to Christian traditions, All Souls Day happens on November 1st or on the first Sunday of November depending on the Christian denomination. Originally part of the Christian attempt to absorb Samhain and similar festivals of the dead, it became an observance intertwined with the pagan holidays that honor the dead. This day of holy obligation in the Catholic Church is a time to pray for the dead and ask for the intercession of the dead that they ascend to heaven. And this is because in the Catholic tradition, um, these prayers seem necessary because they have the belief that certain souls remained in purgatory. And now purgatory is kind of like uh, an afterlife, you know, a, a waiting, you know, between if you're going to go to heaven or hell. And it's where souls might work out some of their issues before moving on. And another celebration in Mexico is Dia de los Muertos. And that's on November 1st, and it honors the dead with food, processions, and flowers. The practice of honoring the dead has been a part of Aztec life very long, you know, before the conquistadors arrived. However, the arrival of the Catholic Church in Mexico meant the subjection to Catholic routine. Rather than ban the day, though, the church overrode its meaning with All Souls Day and moved the date roughly from July and August to November 1st. Instead of supplanting the Day of the Dead Practices, this move by the Catholic Church sanctified the holiday for the people observing it.
So during the season, people build altars to their departed loved ones. They make skulls out of wood and candy, clean and decorate graves, and hold picnics at the graveside of the dead loved ones. It's different from All Souls Day in the sense that um, those who observe it welcome the possibility of visitations in their homes from their ancestors. So that's really important. I like to celebrate all three holidays. Um, I, I practice, you know, and I celebrate Samhain, um, Halloween, of course, because I have a young child. Um, my teenage son won't dress up anymore, but um, he does help her go trick-or-treating with me. Um, and me and my daughter also celebrate Dia de los Muertos. Um, she is very much an artist, and she loves to make the candy skulls or change her um, toys, you know, like little doll heads or um, little pet shops, and she paints them over, and she actually makes them look like one of the skulls you would see in Mexico during this time of year. And what I think is really important, if you want to observe or make your own tradition, is to create an altar. And what you can do is you can just take, if you have any special cloths um, for the altar, that would be wonderful. Um, I have the triple goddess one with the moon. So I have a, um, a waning crescent on one full in the middle and a waxing on the other side. Um, so that represents so many different things. It's the triad, so it could be the Trinity, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the Catholic tradition. Uh, for pagans, it can be, you know, the maiden, the crone, and the, you know, the missus. Um, there's just so many different threes that you can do with that, and it plays into all of the traditions. So I have one of those as an altar cloth. Um, what you can do is print out a picture of your loved one and or your ancestors, um, if you wanna dedicate it to them, and put special things on there. Um, and it could be anything. You know, you don't have to go by any special rule book. This is what's, um, special to them. So, you know, you can lay out something that was their favorite. You can put a little pumpkin on there. You can put some incense on there. Um, you can put a little statue of a goddess on there. Um, there's so crystals, different crystals you can put on there. Um, later on, I'm going to be talking about um, a couple of crystals you can use to help with your psychic abilities, which you know, like pagan, psychic is an umbrella term. So it really is, you know, your clear senses, your clear abilities. Um, but for your altar, make it special that has meaning for you and the meaning for your loved ones who have passed. And what it does is it sets an intent, especially during this time of year, of remembering them and thinking about them 
every time you pass by the altar. It could be a, a coffee table. I have a round, big round coffee table I have that I use as my altar. And I have so many different things on there. It, it all depends on you. And so what I think you should do if you plan to make a celebration is you can set it up in, you know, either north, south, east, and west, or, you know, fire, air, earth, and water. And if you want to make a, a pentagon spirit at the top, um, you can put a little cup of water there. Um, there's, you can put money on there. There's food. There's so many different things you can do, you know, so do something special for them. And you'll feel them, especially now, because the veil is very thin. So you will be able to communicate with them, even if you're not psychically developed. You do have clear abilities, and they will, you know, be easier to work with during this time of year. And it's not just October 31st or November 1st. It's a few weeks before and a few weeks to a month after. I find the veil is very thin. <clears throat> now, for me, I do a lot. I do me evidential mediumship all year round. And I just find that channeling is a lot easier during this time. You know, it it comes, people come in and come out in a matter of seconds. <laughs> I don't have to really, you know, in try to get into that um, brainwave of, you know, when I channel and doing my shamanic journey of reaching out. They reach out to me. You know, um, depending on who I'm even talking to on the phone, I will get people coming through and saying stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I will relay their messages. So there's actually a lot of readings I have to do during this time of year. But it's always special and it's always wonderful. And it's amazing if I can teach you how to do it because that's my goal. You know, I love this show. I love being able to talk about um, spiritual <clears throat> um, activation and kundalini and, you know, sh shamanism and light work. I love to teach people how to do it themselves rather than me doing it for them. I mean, I don't mind, of course, doing evidential readings, but, you know, if I can get you to be able to connect with your loved one, that's paying it forward. And so the more people I teach, the more they work with their loved ones and they eventually want to teach other people. So I get them coming back for certifications and stuff like that and learning how to do more objective uh, Claire's where you're using your physical senses and your psychic senses at the same time. So for example, objective clairvoyance is seeing with your eyes open, your physical eyes, uh, the person, the loved one who has passed or clairaudience, objective clairaudience is hearing with what their voice would sound like 
in your mind, in your ears, um, as opposed to your own thoughts or your own voice. So that's how that goes. Um, so I do have a channeling. I do have a mediumship course that I teach. Um, I'm going to be starting it up in the beginning of December. It's several months long. It's a subscription based. It's not that expensive. You know, in a couple months, you can be a practicing uh, medium as well. So I just want to put that out there. Um, as far as spirit communication goes, you know, you're surrounded by your guides that really want to help you. So with an energy of gratitude, you can say out loud, guides of the highest truth, followed by your heart's request. Attune your energy to the frequency of peace and love and ask your loved ones and your guides for signs and listen for guidance. Stay open as the signs come in many different forms. Don't dismiss anything, especially during this time of year, because this time of year, you know, they can communicate and get through very easily. Surrender your plans and heed their guidance. Believe in your ability to connect. That is the most important thing. Don't doubt yourself. And be led by loving wisdom. Let them lead you. Okay? Connect regularly to strengthen your bond. After connecting, ground yourself. This is very important. Before you attempt to meditate and channel and connect with your loved ones, you need to ground. Because there are lower astral beings, depending on how open you are, that can attach and you can have negative attachments and um, negative energies around you um, at any time. We all have attachments and implants to um, other people and other things. For example, we have it with our um, ancestors, whether it's the maternal line or the or your um, your paternal line. Uh, you also have um, an attachment to your mother. Your mother gave birth to you. So that attachment is there. That's not one that you really want to get rid of. Okay. Anything that is zapping your energy, it's called psychic vampirism. Um, it's not a real vampire. <laughs> it's just something negative that is attached that is draining you of your energy. And there are special things that you can do for that. I'd like to do a show based just on that, on how to cut out these implants yourself. It's very easy, depending on how depleted you feel and how, how much you feel the negativity around you. Um, but there are special things you can do very easily to get rid of that. And you want to, you know, we all have these kind of, almost like an umbilical uh, cord. They're, you know, cords, connections to people and things. And, um, you know, you want to cut the right ones. You don't want to cut off the connection to your mom or your dad or whomever. Um, but you do want to cut off the connection to anything that's, you know, a negative vibration or a negative energy or entity. Okay. Um, so I do want to talk about grounding. Okay. Um, 
it's very important. And some people ask, what is grounding? Grounding is protecting yourself. And there's many different ways you can protect yourself. So when I come back, I'm going to talk about how you can protect yourself and then what you can do to amp up your psychic abilities and connect with your loved ones in spirit. It's going to be a great couple segments, and I hope you enjoy it. I'll be right back. Welcome back. So, grounding. Now, why do we ground? Well, we want to protect ourselves. So, I'm going to tell you how I do my grounding. First, you want to start with having stones, protective stones around you. That could be black tourmaline, which is excellent for protection. It could be black obsidian. It could be also shaman stones. Now, shaman stones offer psychic protection for when you do an inner journey. And that's what you're going to be doing when you channel and meditate. You're doing an inner journey. Um, that's what the shamans call it. It's just another name for channeling and, and connecting with your loved ones. Okay, so you want to have, usually if you want to go by the color wheel, you're going to want to have black or brown stones with you. Okay, you can, you know, have one in your hand. The shaman stones come in pairs of male and female. You can have one in each hand there. And they also help with um, psychic um, enhancement. So... You know, they, they have a dual purpose. Um, but I do suggest you also have black tourmaline or black obsidian. Um, I prefer black tourmaline, but that's just me. Whatever you're drawn to, that's what you use. There Again, there is no guidebook. With what I do is I try and teach you to learn by intuition. We all have it. We, we also call it a gut feeling. Okay. Um, it's how you pick out your crystals. And of course you can do some, um, little legwork beforehand, a little research as into what stones are good for what purposes you're looking for. Um, but when you introduce yourself to a stone, I suggest you don't look at any books that tell you or listen to me (laughs) tell you what my experience is. Do it yourself first, and then you can listen to me or any of the other crystal people like Melody. You know, she has this amazing book. It's it's kind of rare and hard to get. It's been... um, you know, expanded and revised almost 20 times or 21 times. Um, uh, Robert Simmons and Judy Hall, they all write books about uh, stones and descriptions of them. So those are good resources for you. But um, 
for me, I like black obsidian. Um, if I'm doing a shamanic journey um, to the inner worlds, I will use shaman stones. Um, but you're going to want a crystal with you. So you can hold one. You can, you can, if you have a couple of them, you can put them around your body. I suggest instead of sitting in the lotus position for this with grounding, sit in a chair with your feet on the ground. Or if you really want to, you can lay down. Just don't fall asleep while you're doing this. You're going to want to um, close your eyes, hold the stone, and from your solar plexus down, from your belly button down, you're going to push the energy or any negative feelings you have or dread or whatever feelings are there, regardless, because you're going to be grounding for a purpose to um, connect with your loved ones. If you have any nervous feelings or anxiety or stress, it's all of it is, is surrounded in your belly area, which is why also with stress, cortisol comes out and it affects that area too. So there's a reason why, you know, you have these feelings in the, what we call the pit of your stomach, right? So we're going to start from there. We're not going to start from, you know, the um, etheric to the physical uh, chakras from the crown. We're going to start from the solar plexus, your stomach, okay? And you're going to push down the energy, whether you have negative energy or not, you're going to push down the energy through from your solar plexus down to your sacral, which is right below your belly button, to the root chakra, which is right at the coccyx bone. And then you're going to push it down through your, your legs from your thighs all the way down to your calves and down to your feet. Okay, from there, you're going to push the energy in your mind. You're, you're, you're picturing it going from your feet all the way down, whether you're in an apartment or a house, you know, picture going, if you're on a high floor, down through the apartments below you, or if you're in a house, down through the basement or whatever is below the surface of of what we walk on, whether it's grass or cement, and you picture it going further all the way down through that to the Earth's core, to Mother Nature, or what we call Gaia. And you picture yourself with roots. These, this energy is going to be, become roots like a tree, and it's going to anchor there. Okay, so this is anchoring yourself and grounding. And you're going to see in your mind the energy going out and, and Mother Nature dispelling it and turning it into this amazing, pure, cleansed white light that is going to go up from her, the Earth's core, all the way up through the top layer of what we walk on, up through either the apartments below you or the grass or the basement. It's going to go all the way up to under your feet and from your feet up through your calves, 
then up through your thighs, from your root chakra to your sacral, to your solar plexus. And now we're going to be going up further. We're going to go to the heart chakra, which is your, by your sternum. You're going to then picture going up to your throat, which is your throat chakra. You're going to picture it going up to your third eye. Then you're going to picture it going to your crown. And you're going to picture it going up, out from the top of your head. Okay? And this is divine white light. And from there, it's going to envelop you. Almost like putting you in a bubble. It's going to... Almost, you can think of it either as like a spider's web that's just, you know, having these white threads go from the top of above your head to below your feet and from in front to behind, up all around you, and then also going around you from side to side, from the front of you to the back until... This white light, or you can look at it as laser lights, okay, until it envelops you completely. Then you are protected. Then you are able to start your meditation, start your channeling, and also start connecting with your loved ones. So this is a perfect way to ground, to anchor yourself. And to be protected. There's something that we do in shaman, uh, shamanism, which is creating a sacred garden. And it's a place in nature that you feel drawn to. And when you get there, you're going to have yourself get in with the, with the key. And you're going to have a gatekeeper who's there to protect you. And you go in. And then you lock the door. You always thank your gatekeeper. I will do an episode on this to help you create your sacred garden. And then you could ground there. Um, and I could tell you what's what elements would be in there and what it would look like. I can give you an example of my sacred garden. Of course, I have a couple of them. Um, but if you just want to ground and not do that, this is the perfect way to do it, especially sitting up in a chair with your feet flat on the ground, because then it makes it easier for you to, um, feel the energy moving out of you and anchoring and grounding you there. Okay. So hold on. I hope this works for you. I hope you ground before you do anything. The reason why the Ouija board gets a really bad reputation is because people sit down, they put their hands on it, it's a board game, and they don't ground themselves, and they don't hire their vibration. And I'm always talking about this, and I don't know if you guys are sick of hearing it, but I'm always going to say it because it's very important. If you don't hire your frequency or your vibration... You're going to get, you know, bad situations or have a bad time because the Ouija board, a lot of people 
have no problem using it. Um, lightworkers or mediums or psychics that I know, I don't like to touch that. <laughs> um, I've never had a bad experience with it, but uh, you know, who wants to start and who wants to take the chance? If it's something you're into, that's great. This is a great time of year to be using divination tools, tarot, pendulum dowsing, that kind of ruins, that kind of stuff. Um, it's like I said, I don't know if you looked at the blog. Don't forget to go to the show's website. It's just for you. Psychic Today with JillRoberts.com. The blog is there and um, you can go in and see the different um, blog posts. And you will see that, you know, everything there is is meant for you to develop your channeling skills and channeling helps you connect with your loved ones. Okay. But one of the tarot decks I used was by Usi, U-U-S-I. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and the reason why I love it is it, it does have a lot of uh, pagan symbolism in it, but even if you don't know pagan symbolism, it doesn't make a difference. The paintings that they, they used for the cards that they've done are amazing. And it doesn't come with a guidebook. You could buy it separately, but I suggest that you don't. Actually, the guidebooks are new. They're just coming out um, at the end of September. So they're just coming out now. Um, but when I got them, I didn't have the guidebook. Um, of course, I, you know, I know tarot. But even if you don't know tarot, this is a great deck to use because you're using your intuition of the meanings. A lot of times we get so caught up with looking at the book that comes with it or the booklet for the meaning that we don't really take time to look at the cards or the spread and see the story that it's telling because that's what it's doing. And you can't be wrong. It's almost like reading a book and giving your opinion to a professor it's you can't be wrong. It's different than let's say history, where you're memorizing facts and you're reiterating it back to the professor. There's a difference between literature and the, and and history. It's the same thing with tarot. You don't want to spend so much time looking at the meanings of the author of the deck, um, what they say the meaning is, or even the writer weight. Because then you're looking more at the meaning and not at the card. And the card itself tells so much. Tarot is wonderful also for, you know, self-care. Even if you pull one card a day. Don't make it superstitious. If it's a negative card, you know, there's really no negative cards in the tarot. Because even the death card can mean so many different things. It doesn't mean somebody's going to die or you're going to die. It's rebirth. It's transformation. It's renewal. So, you know, you have to look at things in that sort of way. The tarot is not going to be something like where you read your horoscope in the paper or online every day and it says something and then it kind of, you kind of make that happen subconsciously. <laughs> so, if you pull a card a day and you look at the card and you really... So with that said, I suggest you get either 
one or two decks. The USI, U-S-S-I, I believe their website is usi.co, C-O. You can look them up on Instagram, um, and all the information is there. And the other is the simple tarot, which has the option of having keywords on the cards. The cards are um, color-coordinated for the different, not only elements, but the different suits. So you have one for wands, you have one for swords, you have one for uh, cups and pentacles or coins, whichever you prefer to work with. Um, You, of course, can always get the traditional Rider Waite, but use your intuition when it comes to tarot because if you do, let's say, a three-card spread, not something so difficult, let it tell you the story of what's been happening, what's happening now, and what's going to happen possibly within the next month or two. And that's a perfect way to do a three-card reading, past, present, and future. Very simple. With self-care, you can also, you know, use ritual salts, take a nice bath or a bubble bath if you prefer, and have candles and crystals around you and just relax. It's good to do this before you start any um, ritual or you know, channeling session. It's good to get yourself not only cleansed, but relaxed. You become purified. Then you can use the protection crystals, and then you can do your grounding, and then you're ready to work. So when I come back, I'm going to talk about a couple of things that can help you communicate with your past loved ones on the other side. Welcome back to Psychic Today, where we connect the world with the otherworldly, which is what we're doing today. We've talked about Samhain, um, All Souls and All Saints Day, Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, and grounding. So now I would like to talk about some helpful items that you can use to help you connect with your loved ones on the other side. And of course, for me, I use crystals with everything, whether I'm doing tarot, whether I'm doing um, divination via pendulum or runes, I always, or, or psychic readings, um, I'm, I always use crystals because they're energy beings themselves and they can really help with um, connecting you to the other side and also develop your psychic abilities. So the stones I'm going to be talking about today are ones that will do that. Right now, you can also use stones in jewelry, whether it's necklaces or rings. Um, I have a couple pieces that I wear all the time. And again, 
I'm going to be doing an interview with uh, Francesca Mancini from Giardino Blue Jewelers. She does all of my pieces, and they are absolutely magnificent. So right now, I'm wearing an Apache tear on my left hand with a black septarian. And on my right hand, I have a huge Herkimer diamond from her. And since the veil is very thin and I've lost my grandmother in the end of 2017, um, I'm wearing a clatter ring she brought me back from Ireland in 1995, I believe, um, that has um, a uh, beautiful diamond where the heart is. It's a heart-shaped diamond. And for those who don't know what clatter rings are, they are a ring with two hands holding the heart with the crown on top. The two hands are for friendship. The crown is for loyalty. And the heart is for love. So you can give them to your loved ones, your friends, your, your family, your children. Years ago, many years ago, they used to be used as wedding bands in Ireland. So I, being that a Herkimer is quartz and it is, quartz is a magnifier. I have her ring next to the Herkimer diamond. So it can magnify, you know, her essence from this ring. So I'm also wearing um, from Robert Simmons's collection um, a couple of necklaces and nugget necklaces. And I'm wearing black as zestulite, which is actually very long. It's 30 inches long. So it covers a lot of the chakras that I need it for. Um, Revelation stone is another necklace I'm wearing and nebula stone. So what I do want to talk about, I've talked about black azestrolite in the past. It's if you look back into, um, I believe it's season two. Um, I speak about black azestrolite. You can find the, um, the segment or the episode there. Um, so I don't want to reiterate what I've already, um, talked about. There's still many azestrolites I have to get to. <laughs> and now there's about 17 of them. So, I didn't want, I wanted to break it up because I did a couple of episodes in a row about different azestrolites and I figured, you know what, I'll take a break from that and do other things with you guys. But today we're going, so I'm wearing black azestrolite. Black azestrolite is very good for protection, for um, getting rid of attachments and negative entities and energies. And it's all around a great stone to have and a great stone to wear. Um, you can get this from his website, which is heavenandearthjewelry.com. Um, he sells regular stones, not just jewelry. Um, and I always, of course, buy the raw ones because I, you know, tumbling cuts their energy in half when I know we all like the shiny, beautiful stones. But unless I can't get them raw, I will get them tumbled, but raw first. And he has a lot of raw stones. You just, you know, plug in the in the search if you know the stone that you want to get, and you'll get a bunch of different examples of it. His power strands are very expensive. So what I tend to do, they're about on sale. They're about five hundred and sixty dollars. 
So what I do is I see the stones that are in them, and I'll if they have them, I will buy the pendant for it, which is usually about $20, as opposed to, and I'll get whatever stones are in that particular power strand that I would want. This is just the little tip, so you don't have to spend that much money. And I buy the stones and pendants, and I put it on, you know, a leather necklace and, you know, a leather cord, and I wear that for, um, or I put them in an organza bag and, you know, put it around me. But, so right now I am wearing black azestulite. Now these are the actual necklaces. Um, they're not power strands. They're nugget necklaces. They're all separate. So they're not all together on one strand. So I'm wearing black azestulite, revelation stone, and nebula stone. So Revelation Stone is one of the ones that I think would be wonderful for you to work with when you're meditating after you've grounded um, because it does help with your psychic abilities, prophetic uh, vision, past life recall, spirit communication, and recovery of memories. Um, it works with the elements of wind, water, and storm, and the chakras that it works with is the heart and the third eye. So Revelation Stone is a type of jasper. It's a microcrystalline variety of quartz with a hardness of six and a half to seven on the most scale. It's from New Zealand and it's scattered both inland and near the sea. It varies through color range of red, yellow, brown, green, and black. Jasper has long been considered a sacred stone it was one of the 12 stones mentioned in the Old Testament as composing the breastplate of the high priest through which he communicated with the divine. In the book of Revelation, Jasper is mentioned as a gemstone out of which the walls of, new, of the New Jerusalem, the city of heaven on earth, are to be constructed. The name Revelation Stone is derived from this mention of Jasper in the book of Revelation. So, Revelation Stone was literally that, a revelation. In appearance, these stones are like other humble members of the Jasper family. But on the vibrational level, these are extraordinary. They have a powerful resonance with the heart and stimulates the heart's consciousness of the unfolding of pattern of the future. If we work with these stones, we can learn to receive and understand the heart's perception, which are revelations, of the time stream of the future. So when I held and I used Revelation Stone in meditation, I noticed a sense of being enveloped in kind of a peaceful atmosphere and holding it to my chest, of course, wearing it as a necklace, I felt my heart kind of, you know, um, thump, so to speak, as a recognition of the affinity with the stone. So this gesture of the heart repeated itself a number of times, making certain it was a response to the stone itself. So Revelation Stone can facilitate the gift of precedent vision, seeing the future. So pay attention to the possibility of what this stone is showing you. Immediately when I used it, I was shown um, that Revelation Stone indeed stimulates the heart's awareness of future time stream and displays the awareness 
to the mind's eye as images or visions rather than words. With insight, it was also shown the future one sees not as precise, predetermined set of events, but a pattern of possibility. It's a potential future, or you could look at it as a blueprint for what may happen, depending on your choices. It's kind of like watching a weather report. You know, you see a situation that is coming, but it's not, you know, the details of how it'll play out. Our free will determines these details. And thank goodness we do not see an exact picture of what will happen because it will leave us with no room to make a difference. It's still of great value to experience the future vision seen with Revelation Stone. The pictures are readable in much the same way one can read and decipher the I Ching or tarot cards. And with as these with oracles, the patterns require interpretation, you know, your intuition to make practical use of them. However, the divination precipitated by Revelation Stone is completely within yourself, given a vision or a series of visions. Perhaps it's best to say that Revelation Stone can stimulate your innate capacity for prophetic vision by opening a channel of communication between the heart's awareness and, the ment and mental consciousness. It's an excellent tool for anybody wishing to improve psychic capacities and can augment the abilities of professional or amateur psychic readers, channelers, or mediums. Another trait of Revelation Stone is its ability to enhance one's awareness of communication from the realm of souls who have died. If one wishes to engage in such communication, which is what we're talking about today, meditation with Revelation Stone is highly recommended. So while meditating with this stone, direct your attention to the past can bring vivid experience of past life recall. For those working shamanically, Revelation Stone enhances one's visionary experience of the shamanic realms as well. Even in areas of simple intuition, where you're carrying this stone can stimulate clearer and more frequent insights. These stones seem to help one bypass linear thinking and experience direct knowledge or clear cognizance. In healing work, you know, I recommend Revelation Stone for amnesia or suppressed memories. It's also potentially beneficial for those wishing to overcome excessive worry or irrational fears of the future. Revelation Stone, in addition to its capacity to awaken vision, is a steady healing influence for the physical and emotional heart as well as the brain and mind. Now, this Revelation Stone resonates well with Nirvana Quartz, especially the Trigonal Crystals, and Phenakite, both of which enhance prophetic vision. Moldavite can also accelerate the effects of Revelation Stone. The entire Zestralite group works well with it, especially in regard to manifesting the vision of Earth as a planet of light. Any stone that has been super activated with the Azozeo process will work synergistically with Revelation Stone. So spiritually, it stimulates visions of potential futures and enhances past life recall and various intuitive capacities including communication with departed souls. It strengthens understanding between the heart and the brain. And there's a new revelation, oddly enough, no pun intended, actually, that the heart has its own neuro or neurons um, 
I think there's like 40,000 of them that work just like the neurons in the brain. And so the heart actually, you can actually think with the heart and with your intuition, you can feel and think from the heart center, energy center. So it's, this stone is great to have in a necklace or as a pendant or as a stone you keep in your pocket because or especially if you're going to meditate with it to connect with your loved ones. Um, it really enhances clairvoyance, clear cognizance, clear seeing and clear knowing. Um, two very important clairs. Um, physically, Revelation Stone provides a steady healing influence to the heart and brain. It supports recovery from amnesia and it can help one regain suppressed memories. And I also feel it's wonderful to um, work with karmic debt in the ancestral lines and utilizing the Akashic records. Um, if you want an affirmation for Revelation Stone, um, you can use this one. I open the eye of my heart to visions of the future, past and present, and I teach my mind to heed the heart's messages. I'll say it again. I open the eye of my heart to visions of the future, past and present, and I teach my mind to heed the heart's messages. So you're teaching your mind to listen to your heart. You're not just thinking with the left side of your brain. You're going to be using utilizing both of them synergistically um the creative side the prophetic side the visionary side and then the linear side and logical side is the left brain so you're going to be combining those by listening to your heart and that's something we want to do and of course phenakite is a very high vibrational stone it helps with uh depending on what type of phenakite zambian phenakite um can help you see portals and interdimensional travel as well as see visions. Um, I have one that actually has a beautiful piece of uh, tourmaline, black tourmaline through um, the middle of it. Um, there's also Brazilian phenakites, clear phenakites that um, will help with visionary experiences. So you can use revelation stone and phenakites. Um, you can use it with Moldavite, any of these Zestulites. I love, of course, yes, black and New Zealand white um, Zestulites. But another one is that I like to work with is pink Zestulite and Sedona Zestulite. Sedona is a sacred site and it has so much energy and so much vibrational ascension there that when you work with these stones, you know, they really heighten your senses. So Sedona Zestulite is a great stone to work with in combination with Revelation Stone. So um, I have another stone that's going to help you connect with your loved ones. Stay tuned and I will be right back.
Welcome back. So the next stone that is going to be beneficial for you is Siberian Blue Quartz. Now, this helps with psychic awakening, mediumship, mental clarity and insight, and feeling at home on Earth. Its element is wind and water. And the chakras are the third eye, which is the sixth, and the throat, which is the fifth. Now, Siberian blue quartz is the name given to a cobalt blue laboratory-grown quartz, which was created first in Russia. It is a silicon dioxide material with a hardness of seven. Its crystal system is hexagonal. It has a striking blue color that comes from cobalt that is introduced into the crystal growing solution. Now, even though these stones are born in a laboratory, many sensitive individuals agree that Siberian blue quartz carries a great deal of energy. There is no other gemstone that so strikingly exhibits the blue ray as does the Siberian blue quartz. These stunning gems immediately activate both the throat chakra and the third eye in a blended harmony that both awakens the insights of the higher mind and facil excuse me, facilitates the eloquent communication of its knowledge. The wind element energy of this stone evokes psychic awakening, and it can be of assistance to those who wish to develop the powers of clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, prophecy, psychokinesis, mediumship, and interdimensional communication. For individuals who are already well awakened in these domains, these stones provide a balancing and calming influence, stabilizing the inner energies and allowing one to remain centered and clear both during and after receiving information from higher sources. Like natural quartz, Siberian blue quartz is programmable. And in this case, the stones are predisposed to the enhancement of psychic abilities. Because of this attunement, one can get excellent results when one programs Siberian blue quartz for psychic assistance. For example, if you're attempting to locate a lost object, one can meditate with a piece of Siberian blue quartz, picturing the object in question and focusing on the intention of locating it. Um, then one can sleep with the stone, observing one's dreams for clues, and you can also go back and meditate with the stone again, playing, paying close attention to whatever images and impressions may come. The same sort of process can enhance one's results with any of the psychic powers. You can also do this with, as, with the intention of connecting with a specific loved one. You know, picturing the loved one, holding the um, blue quartz to, I like to always hold it to my heart chakra. Even though this is working with the fifth and sixth chakras, I always hold it to the fourth, to my heart. Um, and if you go through my episode on the full chakra system, there are actually three chakras at the heart center. Um, it's the heart C, the heart, and the higher heart. So I always love to put the um, whatever the stone is there initially when I'm meditating um, because my heart's intention is there. So if you're wanting to connect with a loved one, um, the best place to do is hold it first to your heart and think about that loved one and picture them, picture how they were 
you know, before they were ill, if they passed away of an illness or, you know, basically in their heyday, even if it was a traumatic loss, uh, something that was unexpected. Um, you can picture them when they were happy or when you were together. You can actually think about certain memories and hold it there, but not where you're going to get sad because that will come in and program the quartz, the Siberian blue as well. You want to put it to your heart and think of happy times and the person um, when they were at their best with you. Um, so you can use that intention for connecting with them. Um, it also connects to the water element and thereby to the domains of emotion and spirit. It can be a healing stone for those who feel misunderstood or, you know, ill at ease on the earth plane or for anyone who feels alienated from other people. There is both the sense of feeling at home when wearing the stone, as well as an energetic conduit of connection to others in one's environment, such that the feeling of being uncomfortably, quote unquote, different from others disappears. These stones illuminate the common humanity we share on the emotional and spiritual planes, and they help us remember and communicate that truth. You know, those who work in various pursuits of demanding clarity of mind and strong powers of insight will find Siberian Blue Quartz to be a useful ally. It's, a, it's highly recommended for those studying science, mathematics, creative writing, public speaking, because it's dealing with the throat chakra, which is communication, um, teaching and acting, as well as those who wish to develop psychic abilities. It can also help those desiring to receive and retrieve information from past lives or who want to receive messages from their spirit guides and past loved ones. Siberian Blue Quartz harmonizes with Damborite, Amethyst, Moldavite, Oregon Opal, Blue Aragonite, and phenakite. Its psychic activations are further enhanced by iolite and, oh, I can't pronounce this. It's ohi blue opal. Ohi blue opal. Um, so Siberian blue quartz is the result of a hybrid energy of man and the mineral world. The stones have been laboratory grown, like I said, specifically for greatly refined, flawless nature and vibrant color. Cultured quartz is actually a purer form of quartz, having no inclusions and a more stable pattern of rotation in the molecules, which speeds up the energy movement within the crystal. So the quartz component of the stone acts as an amplifier, carrier, and focus of the energies of the cobalt, which it has grown. The cobalt Blu-ray has an amazing blend of serenity, purity, and beauty. It's related to the throat and brow chakras, which embody the qualities of inner vision, clairvoyance, intuition, communication, and detachment. Siberian Blue cleanses and activates the throat and brows, which initiate advanced psychic abilities and facilitates a clearer interpretation of the information you're receiving from your loved ones. It takes one beyond oneself's limiting belief system into uncharted realms of infinite possibilities, 
and it instills confidence in your own intuition and your own intuitive abilities. It reduces tension and brings calm to the body by quieting the mind and giving detachment from one's lower emotions. Siberian Blue Quartz enhances the flow of communications on all levels and helps with understanding and assimilation of new concepts. It shows one the bigger picture and removes the stress and confusion of not seeing clearly. Siberian Blue Quartz clears chaotic states on any level of the psyche. So it makes an excellent healing tool to be used when you need to find your own space again or when you need to rest, if you need solitude, peace, tranquility, and detachment. It helps the seeker of spiritual truth stay on the path to higher knowledge, wisdom, and enlightenment. This is all in all a great stone to have with you at all times, but especially during this time of year, when you're going to be trying to communicate with your past loved ones. So don't forget, you're going to have an altar with an altar cloth. If you can, any color like black, red, orange is good for Samhain. Um, you and or Halloween or Dia de los Muertes or All Saints and All Souls Day, whichever you celebrate. And have pictures and, like I said, certain things on the altar that are pertinent to the loved one that has passed that you want to communicate with. Now, you don't have to sit in front of this altar and meditate. You know, we all don't have space for having an altar in the middle of a room and sit there and, and meditate. I have mine where I made room for it. It's in the actual east, and I like to have my stuff in the east and I do have certain things on it all year round but this time of year I I specifically make pictures of uh, photographs of friends and loved ones who have passed you can do an altar for a specific loved one just one person or you can do it for a bunch of people um, and when you pat, like I said before, when you pass by it, it's going to bring them constantly into your, into your conscious mind, into your, you know, whatever your routine is during the day, when you're getting ready or to, to leave the house or when you're, you know, getting ready to go to sleep, having that there is a reminder. So it sets an intention and working with Revelation Stone and Blue Quartz, the Blue Quartz, the Siberian Blue, you're going to program it. And by programming, I mean you're going to cleanse it when, if, you, if you have it already or if you buy it for this season. Um, I know you can get it on Robert Simmons's website. Uh, you can get a piece. Um, you can look on Etsy or eBay. But um, I got mine from Robert's website. Um, when I get stuff like his astrolites, because he's the one who's finding them and mining them, I'd rather get it from him. And believe it or not, they're not that expensive um, compared to getting them on uh, eBay or Etsy. So it's actually worth getting it from the source. Because with other websites, I know myself with... Um, eBay, I always question if the stone that I'm getting is the actual stone, um, because there's a lot, especially with Moldavite, there are a lot of 
you know, out there from China that are just fake. There are plenty of YouTube videos. If you do want to work with Moldavite, you can use Moldavite during the season as well. Um, I would definitely um, look at the YouTube videos that tell you they can show you the difference between what Moldavite looks like and what the knockoffs look like and where and where not to buy them from. I know China is definitely one of them. I actually get mine um, from a source from a miner in the Czech Republic. Um, so it's, you know, it's important to, to know. And you'll feel it when you get it. Not just Moldavite, but any stone. You'll know if it's the, the real thing or not because of your intuition and because of the vibratory state of these stones. Um, so for... Siberian blue quartz, um, spiritually, it opens the third eye and your th throat chakra. It activates psychic abilities and allows you to clearly communicate the information received and communicate with them back. Emotionally, it helps what's called star children um, and other spiritually sensitive individuals feel at home on earth and comfortable with themselves. Physically, it offers energetic support for healing issues having to do with the throat and brain, especially the prefrontal lobes. It can assist with memory retention and help calm those suffering from dementia. So that's a wonderful stone to have, uh, especially if you have loved ones who have problems with memory, like dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, any type of brain problem or if somebody's had a brain injury it's a good stone to have for them um so if you'd like an affirmation for this you can use i am highly attuned to inner guidance and i express clearly the wisdom i receive from my guides i highly it i am highly attuned to inner guidance and I express clearly the wisdom I receive from my guides. So being this is a celebratory holiday season where the veil is thin and you have the ability to easily, you know, connect easily with your loved ones or at least easier than other times of the year. Um, I'm going to do a couple of episodes um, regarding um, divination and certain rituals you can do to um, enhance communication with your loved ones. So I highly suggest getting a piece of Siberian blue and uh, Revelation stone. They're not expensive. Um, you can, like I said, get them from Heaven Earth jewelry.com um, I'm also going to um, do an episode on um, rituals during this season um, one I want to do is um, a solo ritual to see beyond the veil so that a ritual that will help you set the intention and it's 
all using things that mostly things that you have at home in your house already. It's not going to be something that you have to go out and buy unless you don't have a specific herb or, or candle. But, um, so we're going to go through that and we're going to also do, um, what shamans do, which is create a sacred garden. So I'm going to teach you about the sacred garden in more detail, how to use it in your mind. And that's where you're going to go to ground before you do any rituals, any divinations like tarot or dowsing or channeling your loved ones on the other side. So I hope this season is good to you. I hope that I've imparted some wisdom to you today that will help you connect with your loved ones. And we're going to be having many more episodes dealing with this specific subject. Again, if you have any questions or there's something you'd like me to cover, you can always leave me a voice message wherever you're listening to this. Go to the show notes and there's uh, you can click on it. Or if you're using a, um, a phone or a tablet, you can just press on it and you can leave me a voice message. Don't forget to let me know if I can use it or not in an episode um, because I can put it out there. Believe me, everybody has questions and there are no stupid questions believe me it's you will be helping other people who are listening to this you guys are my focus we're going through this journey together which is why i created a website just for you guys just for this audience because that's how much i take my show and my audience seriously and I really want to help you. And I can't help you if there's something that you really want to know about and I'm not covering it. So tell me what I can do better or tell me what you want to know. And, you know, I'll cover it. Not a problem. Tell me if there's somebody you'd like me to interview. Um, if you don't feel comfortable leaving a voice message, you can email me. You know, you can go to... The website, um, psychictodaywithjillroberts.com, and there'll be a place there that um, you can contact me, or you can um, email, and the email address, I gave it in the contact information in the beginning of the show, but I'll give it to you again. It's jill, J-I-L-L, at psychictodaywithjillroberts, J-I-L-L-R-O-B-E-R-T-S, dot com because there you can definitely leave me an email and ask me or comment on on anything that you want so know that i'm always sending my love and light to you all and i hope you have an amazing day <laughs>